Well, hey friends, welcome to the Restoring Home podcast. We're offering supports and resources to parents before, during, and after court. That means this conversation applies to a lot of different families. It could be a blended family, a single parent family, a family engaging in the foster care system, or those who maybe have recently adopted. I'm your host, Lisa Welter, and in this particular episode, we're going to talk about mediation and the usefulness of circles in households. Let's get started. Gosh, well, it's so great to be with all of you today. Uh, I've got Kama Chamberlain, Ashley Langenfeld, Caitlin O'Connor, and Emma Wagus pack here with me, and they're going to have a roundtable discussion on the usefulness of restorative family mediation within their own households or perhaps how this would have been beneficial in the circumstances that they found themselves being raised in blended family situations. So each of these ladies have been trained as a restorative family mediator, but we want to personalize this conversation. So frequently, uh, parents have been ordered through the courts to family mediation, and they may have experienced facilitative mediation. Facilitative mediation is the predominant type of mediation out in uh, kind of the atmosphere of the judicial uh, arena. But frequently we find that facilitative mediators are also family lawyers. And I have heard more frequently than not that mediation tends to feel like an extension of the courtroom. And we set out to change that narrative. We want to offer parents a really robust and powerful option of family mediation that is focused on the relationships and moving towards settlement, not just the settlement itself. And so this is a very powerful type of family mediation that is set apart from facilitative. And uh, while facilitative is focused on settlement, there are some really great facilitative family mediators out there. We're not knocking that. We just really want to elevate the usefulness of a very powerful type of family mediation called restorative family mediation. Restorative family mediation is a combination of restorative circles with family mediation, um, uh, the steps of family mediation. And in that process, people will feel valued, heard, and understood. And it's a slower process. It starts to really break down where are we getting hung up? What kind of common ground can we find? Uh, so that we can work through the problem in front of us and come to an agreement that we both are comfortable with or the family is comfortable with. Restorative family mediation is something that has been approved by the Minnesota uh, State Court Administration. That means that we are on the roster for Rule 114. And it is excellent for the divorce or marital dissolution process. So for those parents who might be heading towards the courts for um, a marital dissolution, consider using this process. If you are currently engaged in the courts, consider using restorative family mediation as a way to settle issues, but doing it in a way that transforms the type of conflict that you're having. So you don't have to go back to the court. And for those of you who have experienced the court process and are struggling with lingering, maybe ill-fitting orders or circumstances where the kind of conflict in the household just lingers and lingers and lingers, restorative family mediation might be helpful for you as well. 
And for those who have been navigating the child welfare perspective, if uh, you're a parent who has a child protection case that's open, maybe there's an order for protection, there's issues around child or family safety, this process is strong enough for those matters too. So really what we want you to understand is this is an extremely powerful type of family mediation that has versatility in almost any type of conflict you find yourselves in. Today, Kama, Caitlin, Ashley, and Emma are going to talk about how they are using their mediation skills within their own households. So you're going to hear them talk about mediation and circle interchangeably. What they're talking to and referring to is the usefulness of the techniques that they've learned to help other families, uh, how it's affecting their own family or the circumstances in their own lives. So not only do they do this professionally, but they live this out. And so Today's episode is how these mediators have seen the usefulness and the advantages of having this particular skill set available to them to work out conflict in blended family situations, in foster situations, and more. So, Kema, I'm handing the reins to you. Take it away. My name is Kema, and I'm a social worker by trade. I, um, I'm also a foster parent. Um, so that's where my lens is coming from. I'm Ashley, I, um, and I am a part of a blended family and currently in the process of adopting. So that is where my lens is coming from. Um, my name is Caitlin. Um, I've been working with teenagers in a variety of settings for several years and grew up in a blended family. So that's where my lens is coming from. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm a student in social work right now, and I um, I also grew up in a blended family um, and grew up with court orders with all of that, so that's where my lens is coming from. Well, thanks everyone for being here. Well, our goal is to keep this short and sweet and um, under 20 minutes so then people, you know, can listen to it in the car as they're going to work or picking up kids from school. So the first question I'd like to pose to you guys is, how does mediation and circle work in your household? I'd say in my house, um, we more so work on the mediation versus the circle just because the kiddos, the foster kiddos are, are fairly young. And so it's more so either myself or my husband interjecting and kind of being that mediator between all six of us. Um, I've done circle with our 16 year old, which I think allows her an opportunity to speak her mind in a space that's safe where she's not going to be judged. And it's been able to forge a relationship with her that is trust building and things that I never thought she would share with me. She shares with me, you know, like she came home with hickeys and she's like, so I got something awkward to tell you. And, you know, and I think that part of that is because we work on the mediation and we do allow opportunities for people to speak in that non-judgmental space. Yeah, going along with that, um, in my family, so I have two stepsons, um, one is 20, one is 18, and then I have an eight-year-old. And one of the ways that we um, incorporate the circle process or mediation in our family is actually when we're sitting around, um, we do some family dinners a couple of times a month when the older boys are able to come and do dinner with us. And what we do is we actually have this deck of cards that has pictures on it, and we... Um, 
lay out the cards on the table and each like one of us will ask a question and it could be like, what was the high point of your day or what is the low point of your day um, or what's a favorite memory um, that you have, things like that. And then we take turns going around the circle and just sharing our each of our answers to that question. And that's been super helpful just for us to be able to open up about our day and our week and to touch base. But we also use it in um, when there is conflict in our home. And if we're frustrated and we're talking over one another, my eight-year-old is really good about being like, I think we need the talking piece. And he'll bring it over and we take turns holding the talking piece and take turns talking and sharing how each of us are feeling in that moment. Um, And it allows each of us just kind of slow down a little bit and be able to um, hear what the other people are saying and how they're feeling. And then gives us a little bit of time to cool off before we say how we're feeling. And it's been super helpful in just regulating um, the communication and the conflict within our home. Yeah, I think it's really great that both of you guys use that in your current household. It's a little bit harder for me to incorporate that right now as I only live with one other person. But I think growing up, that would have been super helpful to have mediation incorporated into just my everyday life. Um, Throughout my teen years, I used to get into a lot, a lot of trouble. And my mom and I really struggled with our relationship. So I think having that space, safe space to speak about things and feel comfortable about being open without fear of being judged would have been really helpful in those circumstances. Yeah. Listening, listening to you talk, Ashley, I so wish that I would have had something like that in my house growing up because there were so many times when, you know, we, we needed something like circle to be able to talk about hard things and it just wasn't, um, it didn't always feel like a safe environment to share. And in my work now, I've, done circle with kids in a residential environment and also doing circle in an after-school program. And I've seen teenagers do it. And a lot of people, I feel like just think, oh, my kid just doesn't want to talk to me or, oh, well, they, they're not going to sit and do that. Oh, a teenager's not going to use a talking, a talking piece. And I've, I've seen kids open up with this and share and have deeper conversations in a way that they, they usually don't, that they're not if you just talk at them or just start throwing questions at them. Um, but Circle is just a cool, a cool opportunity to have those hard conversations. And so many of the kids that I'm with right now, they'll tell me, they'll say, man, like, I, I really just wish my mom would listen. Or, oh, I wish that I could talk to my parents about this. And teenagers have such a, such a desire, such a longing to be heard and to feel seen. And they want to be able to have that kind of relationship. And a lot of parents just don't have, have the tools to facilitate that conversation. Yeah. Going off of that, Caitlin, um, I think like another thing that's really been helpful for us and for my kids um, and like for parents that maybe don't know where to start, um, faith is a big part of our household. And one of the things that we do is we actually take out these picture cards. So if anyone's able to get a hold of, or even just, you know, taking a bunch of pictures and printing them and putting them in the middle of the table, they can just be of anything. I mean, um, of a car, of food, of things in nature, 
But one of the things we do is we actually read through Bible stories and we'll lay out the cards afterwards. And then we'll ask, we'll go around and we'll each pick a card that talked about the story. But I think that this could apply um, outside of the faith aspect as well. Like if there's a maybe a topic that's really hard to talk about in your home, finding even a children's book um, that has to deal with that topic and being able to read that as a family, um, you know, either before bed or um, after school or whatever it may be, a time that works for you, being able to sit down and maybe just read that children's book and then laying out those cards and asking a question of, what did you notice about this story? What stood out to you? Um, what things, you know, may have been challenging or whatever. And that can give a really good starting point um, for topics as well. And I've just noticed like with our family, um, we don't even have, it's not like a picture book Bible or anything. It's just reading words. But when there's this um, my son gets so excited about being able to pick out a card and being able to talk about what he's heard or learned, um, that he listens and he focuses more on that. So I think if there were like, you know, whether it's books or a short story that you find online or whatever that, um, involves a topic that maybe you're just having a hard time bringing up, um, this would be a really fun way to do that and be able to address that with kids and being able to let them pick from the pictures and be able to describe what they heard or what they're learning or um, what they loved about that topic. And that could be an easy way to just break the ice and having those hard conversations initially. And I would say also for like our family, um, the 16 year old came home one day and was like, my therapist told me that I should do these interactive cards. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And so of course, you know, I Googled it and found some on Amazon. And it's very similar to what you're saying, Ashley, but I think it comes with a workbook. And in that workbook, it talks about like emotions that you're feeling or where do you feel this in your body? And you pick one of like 50 cards, or I mean, sometimes she picks three um, that represent how she's feeling in that moment. But I think it's important to note for parents that, doing mediation or circle with your children, it's going to take time to build that relationship with them. And yes, we're sitting here talking about it and talking about how it's effective in our lives currently, but there are going to be moments when it's hard. Cause I mean, from my lens, like we've had foster youth come into our home and trying to get them to open up about anything is almost impossible. And even like with our current 16 year old, like we did not get to this point without some serious turmoil um, in the beginning and just really taking the time and being consistent. So I think the key thing that I just want to share is the consistency aspect. There's going to be moments of frustration. There's going to be moments when you're frustrated, they're frustrated, you guys get upset or things are said that are maybe concerning and you don't know how to handle it in that moment, but it's being consistent. Children are resilient beings and they show up best when there's consistency around them. And that's just kind of what I wanted to share about that. Oh, yeah. And I've seen people try to use circle before that they'll, you know, kind of make one half-hearted attempt to be like, well, this doesn't work. Or, well, they didn't talk or they didn't share X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, it, it does take time. And you're probably not going to have your, you know, first circle around a super serious heavy issue you know maybe it is just talking about a story or using circle to talk about your day 
and over time building up that trust to be able to have those harder conversations. Yeah, I agree with both of you, because even for my 18 and 20 year old, when I first introduced this, we did it more like a high low type thing. Um, and now it's just so we've done it so much that when they come home and we're like, all right, we're going to do circle, they'll jump right in and they're pretty comfortable. But at first it was just like this, like hesitation, like, what are we doing? And so I agree and echo what both of you said that maybe starting simple and then building that, you know, consistency of, well, this is just what we do. And then when things get hard down the road, then you can say, well, maybe we should try circle with this, but we just started with simple things of like, how was your day? Or even like, um, we, you know, we did like, what is your favorite food, you know, or what, you know, if you could pick anything to eat right now, what would it be? We even do would you rathers um, and just go around the circle to just make it more fun. And then once you've built that consistency of doing it, then building the conflict piece in becomes a little bit more natural. And now it's just like, whenever my husband or I get frustrated in you know, in our home, my eight-year-old son will be like, oh, I'll go grab a talking piece so that we can work this out in circle. And so it's just become something that as Kama, as you said, and as Caitlin mentioned too, that once the consistency is there, it becomes more natural and a part of your, your daily life. 100%. I think the last question that I have um, posed to the three of us um, is how do we see the mediation helping us with household conflict. So I know we've talked about ways that it builds trust and builds rapport, but say you do have those hard moments when you have, you know, your 15 year old that's decided they want to run away from home or they're vaping or um, they broke a household rule and you're frustrated with them. So how have you guys used mediation in conflict with other youth or your own families? Yeah, for us, we actually, um, there's a conversation that's just been going around um, in our home, you know, and it's, it's still pretty raw and real, but we've had this conversation of, you know, what is, where's the best place, um, to live? Because right now my stepson, he's 18, he's in a senior year. Um, it's always been 50, 50, but we've just noticed how hard that is on him. And the conversation continues to come up. Like, is it better if he lives full-time at his mom's place? Is it better if he lives full-time here? And we're totally supportive and open to whatever he decides, but this conversation has come up so much. And we had just said, you know, we need to make a decision because you've only got seven months of school left till you graduate. And then you're going to move out anyway. Um, and it was kind of a heated conversation. We're in the middle of trying to figure out, you know, different car situations for him and all that. And there was just a lot of, you know, coming into our home a couple of weeks ago of just, there was tension and we sat down and, um, you know, we pulled out the talking piece and he's now used to doing the talking piece, but it gave us a chance to just say like how we were each feeling about this. And, um, I think, you know, a lot of times we come with a lot of assumptions of what, you know, each person at, um, for instance, we were at the table, but like what each person is bringing in that moment. And, you know, I think for him, he was assuming, you know, we were just going to be like, no, you can't do this or no, you can't do that. And for us, it was more like, we just want to hear like, where are you coming from? What are you thinking? What um, makes, you know, this decision most feasible, most realistic since there is seven months left and he really wants to work a job, but with not having a car and um, living in two different households, what does that look like during your senior year? And so we ended up being able to just go around. We He started with, 
you know, how he felt, what he was frustrated about, um, how hard it is to go between two homes with two different sets of parents saying different things. And um, my husband was able to just say, you know, I hear you and I understand these are the things that we're thinking about financially and how it impacts us and um, just, you know, figuring out cars and all this stuff. And we were able to just go around the circle and just talk about this. And at the end um, of that conversation, we were able to come to the conclusion that maybe, you know, him getting a seasonal job is a better option for now, since he doesn't have a car at both places right now. And he doesn't, um, going back and forth, he still wants to do that, um, and be 50, 50. And so he is currently working, you know, pretty consistently throughout this whole holiday season in order to be able to just have some money built up and feel like he's in a better place financially. And so it was just like, it was a good conversation to be able to hold just in our home around that, those specific things. I would say conflict is like, I don't want to say it's a constant, but people are, people have different personalities. People have different um, perspectives and, and intentions as well. And so I feel like with using mediation in the midst of those conflicts is, is still working on building that trust. And I think for me and like that rapport building, I think that that is one of the number one things. And so taking a moment just to sit down and have these conversations and allow that safe space and, you know, talking about things that are like, for instance, the vaping, if I don't see it, if I don't smell it, if I don't find it, whatever, it is what it is. I'm not going to stay here and be like, are you vaping? Like, I don't want to cause the conflict, but then being able to have those conversations around it is healthier for all of us. And then we're able to have those conversations period because we didn't start off on the wrong foot with each other. I could also interject and say that it's been helpful with trying to manage relationships between the kids and like, okay, like they, they're seven, they're two, they're three. And like, making sure that conversations are still including the seven, two and three-year-old because they live here too. Like we're not, we don't just get a horde over them. They get to have a voice and they get to have a choice too. And so being able to use, you know, talking pieces or be the mediator in the midst of that and, and kind of be the glue that holds everyone together um, helps us in those con those conflicts. <laughs> and I would say that there's probably more conflicts between the kids themselves than there is between like us as the adults or parents um, and the children. Um, and so I think it's really helpful because then we're able to sit down and have a conversation like with the seven-year-old or with the two-year-old or the three-year-old. Now you have to kind of bring it down to their level, um, but it's allowed us an opportunity to kind of explain things and talk about our window of tolerance and um, yeah, provide provide a space where people can feel the feels without feeling judged. That was awesome. Kema, thank you so much for leading the way and um, offering such great insight in balanced households and how mediation and restorative circles can be so beneficial for all of the different 
types of families, whether you're a foster family, an adoptive family, your blended family. Friends, you get to hear all kinds of different perspectives from family mediators who have chosen to step into this work because they see the value of what it's doing in their household to bring to your household. And so don't let this conversation stop here, friends. If you have interest in family mediation, we have free training available to you. Check out uh, thecatalassogroup.com backslash special offer if you would like to sign up for any of our future mediation uh, training sessions just to simply bring this into your household. But there's another uh, area that is worthy of a conversation. There are these incredible family mediators who are willing to come to your house and help you through life's circumstances, whether you are working through fostering children, you are working through the adoption process, or you have adopted kiddos at home. Maybe you're a blended family and you are seeing the difficulties in your own circumstances. Go ahead and check out the resources that are available to you and reach out to our family mediators. This particular episode has been sponsored by Kama Chamberlain, and she offers mediation services up in the Cambridge, Minnesota area. Her office is Life Happens Mediation, and she can come and do mediation with your family in person, in home, or via Zoom. Her specialty areas include foster care, kinship, child welfare, marital dissolutions, addiction, and domestic violence. And you can find Kima's information and reach out to her at restoring-home.com backslash Kama, K-A-M-A, Chamberlain, C-H-A-M-B-E-R-L-I-N. We'll make sure we put her information in the show notes as well as the training. Friends, we'll see you next week. Take care.